The Big Decision, decision 2022, 2022, live on Raw, Raw Top 51am. Hello and welcome to the second of Raw and the Boar's interviews with the full-time officer candidates in this year's spring elections. My name is Cam Hall, the head of news here at Raw, and as part of our Big Decision coverage, we are, of course, speaking to all the full-time officer candidates this week. Yesterday, you heard us speaking to the Democracy and Development Officer and your Education Officer candidates for next year. Today, we're speaking to your postgraduate and your welfare and campaigns officers. Plenty of um, issues to discuss today, particularly, of course, for postgraduates, of course, a large part of the campus community and, of course, welfare as well, something that's very much at the top of a lot of student discussions, both before COVID and after COVID as well. So plenty for us to be discussing. Of course, plenty as well here at Raw this week. We, of course, have all of these interviews running until Thursday. Of course, today, speaking to two full-time officer candidates, we're speaking to the presidents tomorrow and the sports and societies officer candidates on Thursday. On Friday, of course, it is the big decision itself. It is results night, live from the SU building, streamed across all our social medias, our YouTube, and on the big screen as well. So tune in, 8pm, Friday 25th of February. It's going to be a fantastic evening. Well, as ever, of course, it is Raw in collaboration with The Boar. So let me bring you on the two best people to bring it from The Boar. Ellie MacArthur, Eden Fulbaily, news editors at The Boar. Welcome once again. Um, Ellie, let's start off with you, of course. What are The Boar doing throughout SU Election Week this week? Yeah, so we have our SU election paper coming out this week, which gives information about all of the candidates and a bit about their campaigns. And then we're also going to have articles online coming out through the week about student opinion, how the campaigns are going, results and stuff like that. So definitely keep an eye on that. Indeed, keep an eye across all of the socials for that. Um, Eden, it's um, Tuesday now. Um, Polls have been open. I can do the maths. Polls have been open for 32 hours. We've seen Mm -hmm. campaigning really in full flow this of course is your first in-person su election week as well um how how are you finding it so far well there's an exhilarating feel on campus cam i feel like people are ready and sort of vocal about what they want to see this election uh candidates seem frenzied they seem manic panicked they seem like (laughs) they're (laughs) they seem like they're super excited to be elected I love the uh, introduction of in-person voting booths. I think that just makes the entire thing all tangible. It's less sort of BC, as I said, before COVID in terms of (laughs) online voting. So, yeah, I love the feeling on campus at the moment. And indeed, not just frenzied, of course, campaigning to get elected, but frenzied, of course, trying to use their um, free SU outlet vouchers as well that comes with the perks of standing for election. So if you're considering wanting some cheaper foods and some discounts in SU outlets, then standing in the spring elections is the way to do it. Well, of course, whilst you may not be getting your discounts this week, you can certainly contribute to the candidates who are getting their discounts by, of course, voting in this week's elections. Now, um, of course, voting, as we've seen, we've had the in-person voting booths, but of course, voting does still take place online. And you're probably sat here wondering right now, how do I vote? How do I vote to choose the future of my students union well don't worry this from x1 has got you covered polls are opening soon 
This video covers how voting works in SU elections and making your vote count. First, go to the Warwick SU website and log in using your student ID. And that there was X1 talking about, of course, how you can vote in this year's spring election. The link down the bottom of the screen, warwicksu.com slash student dash voice slash elections, where you can find information not just on how to vote, but also how you can find out more information about everything else taking place in this week's spring election. Well, Ellie and Eden um, join me again now. Let's move on now to talking uh, about the interviews, of course, postgraduate officer candidates and the welfare and campaigns officer candidates. And of course, both of these positions, really important positions to fulfill um, as part of your full-time officers. And um, as we said beforehand, of course, we offered an interview to each full-time officer candidates. We have conducted interviews with those who've got back to us and accepted our offer. And we'll be interviewing each candidate in alphabetical order. We will also be displaying the list of all the candidates standing in the election as well. So um, let's start off with our postgraduate officer candidates. And here they are across the bottom of the screen. Chidi Akuma, Hamza Rayman, Ursa Ajmal, Jiajing Zhu, Onyinye Chukukwa Akonji, and Soham Agarwal. These are your six postgraduate officer candidates. We today are speaking to Hamza, Ursa, and Onyinye Chukwuka. Um, Ellie, before we start, actually, Eden, before we start, let's come to you. Um, postgraduate officer candidates, um, what exactly does the postgraduate officer do and why are they such an important position to fulfill? Well, I think it's a very important position because let's keep in mind the postgraduates make up 40% of all students at Warwick. And uh, it's, it, I think they, they should work closely with the education officer to ensure that postgraduates are sort of included in the Warwick community as they often aren't, unfortunately. And uh, they should be, um, the postgraduate officer works um, to equally represent the um, postgraduate issues at university. And I think that's what we'd like to see from these candidates, sort of a, a presence for sure. Indeed, of course, postgraduate officer position, one that is important to stay as well. Um, undergraduates can, of course, vote for the postgraduate officer as well. Of course, there'll be many undergraduates in third year at the moment who will be postgraduates next year, who will be wanting representation from the next postgraduate officer. So really a really important vote, whether you're not just a postgrad, but undergraduate as well. Um, let's get into the interviews now. Let's start off talking to Hamza. Hi, I'm Ellie Mitchell and I'm a Deputy News Editor for The Bore. Today I'll be speaking with to Hamza, who's running for the role of Postgraduate Officer. Hi Hamza, how are you? Hi, I'm alright, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Okay, so thank you for coming here today. Um, we'll start with the first question, which is, what are your key manifesto pledges? Yeah, sure. So um, in my manifesto, I'm focusing on four main priorities. Um, the first one being resisting the marketization of our education system. Um, the second one being transformative and liberation, um, liberated education system. And the third one, student well-being at the forefront, in particular, supporting postgrad students. Um, and the fourth um, one is building strong communities on campus, so ensuring that um, postgrad students are visible, um, are well supported, um, and have a space um, on campus for themselves as well. Okay, great. 
And um, many postgraduates feel disengaged from the SU societies and sports clubs, especially in relation to undergraduate students. How would you make the SU more inclusive to postgraduates? Yeah, of course. Um, so one of the main, um, well, one of my manifesto points um, is ensuring that um, postgrad students are represented um, in the students' union but also on campus. Um, a lot of the times, including myself, I find myself quite um, uh, reluctant or I don't have the time and capacity to actually join societies. Um, but in particular for sports clubs, I want to ensure that there is um, a give a goal session that is easy, accessible, free flowing, um, no commitment towards um, towards joining these societies. Um, and in that way, hopefully postgraduate students would feel like um, that it, there's a space for them. Um, additionally, um, I want to ensure that societies actually offer events for postgrad students, especially those who are child carers as well. And, and in order to do this um, and incentivize um, those societies, I want to ensure that there is increased um, society funding for groups that address postgrad specific activities and events. Um, but beyond that as well, um, not just in the students' union, but also on, on campus and in departments in general. Um, I want to ensure and I want to push for um, uh, departments to have more cross-departmental -department, social events, so not just focusing on a specific department and holding events for their own um, cohort, um, ensuring that there's actually a, a community of postgrad students who can um, socialise together. And this obviously comes down to the fact that departments need to do more to create that environment for them. Um, and there's also a few other things like creates an international stu um, student body system, um, which is part of my manifesto pledge, um, which is to ensure that those arriving um, or those who are international students have the support um, there for them um, once they arrive on campus. So yeah, um, these are the few um, main points that I want to address in terms of ensuring that postgraduate students are, are visible on campus. Okay, great. Um, and you kind of mentioned this, but if you want to expand on it, what new services, provisions or spaces even would you aim to introduce to support postgraduate studying at Warwick? Yeah, sure. One of the um, one, one of my main manifesto points around building communities, um, building strong communities on campus is ensuring that um, um, creating like or launching a postgraduate cross departmental like interdisciplinary conference that focusing that focusing very much on like radical and transformative research and in this sense this kind of links well with the idea of um, departments doing more um, to create social events um, and to create a an environment where postgrad students can like interact but on particular on on my point um, creating this um, department um, this postgraduate cross department interdisciplinary conference is to create like a research um, environment or like students postgrad students coming together and actually discussing the transformative and radical work that they're actually doing on campus because a lot of the time postgrads is very it, us postgrads are very niche we're like very much in our own community but hopefully creating that environment. And creating this initiative will help spur on um, that that space for postgrad students. Um, and then additionally, I want to ensure that um, universities open up a children's play area, especially for um, students who are child carers or who have children and cannot just leave the children um, at home or don't have any places to leave the children. And I want to ensure that there's actually a space for them um, on campus where. Um, they can just literally um, have um, a network, um, a group of staff members um, or child minders actually on campus 
and also a space as well for those children to actually just like sit, have fun, whilst the the parent or the, or the carer is is literally um, on campus studying or at um, or at seminar or lecture and actually coming together and um, ensuring that they actually have a space for them too. Um, and also, additionally, I want to extend childcare vouchers to students as well. Okay, great. Um, and how would you ensure that postgraduate students who come to Warwick from different universities or even countries feel welcome and supported? Um, yeah, so I guess that kind of links to one of my other points, well, one of my points I mentioned earlier, which is to create an international student body system for arrival joining during the year. And this is not something that's just going to exist just during Welcome Week, but this is going to ensure that students, especially international students, um, are continuously supported throughout the year. So it's not something, again, like I said, it's not something that's going to um, be, uh, uh, it's, it's not something that's going to exist during Welcome Week, but it's going to be something that exists throughout the year and there's ongoing support for them. Um, and also, I do want to launch a brand new postgraduate at Warwick podcast which reveals the experience of actual postgrad students, their research, and also their achievements, so that um, those who are abroad have a sense of understanding of what exactly is happening um, around um, different departments, especially what what are postgrad students actually getting up to um, on on Warwick campus. So these are a few um, initiatives I kind of want to um, push forward um, to support um, mainly international students. Sounds oh, good. So just, on that point, just on that point as well, um, one of the main um, priorities for my manifesto is to fight for scholarships, especially for student refugees and asylum seekers, um, because often or not, they have to face a lot of barriers to actually come into UK to actually study, and the fees that they have to pay is quite extortionate as well. So I want to ensure that there is um, a space for them on campus, but also that education is very much accessible for them, which is why I want to fight specifically for more scholarships for student refugees and asylum seekers. Um, just quickly, um, additionally, I want to push back against the hostile environment and the monitoring of attendance of international students in particular. Um, so the, again, these are a few manifesto points that I've just come up with um, in my uh, in our manifesto, so please do check it out. <laughs> Okay, um, so the postgraduate community, as you know, at Warwick comprises of both masters and PhD students who have different needs dependent upon the level they're studying mm -hmm. at. How would you ensure you are advocating for both groups? Yeah, sure. So um, a part of one, one of my key priorities is resisting the marketization of our education system, because at the moment, um, our, our postgrad researchers, our PGR students are practically the backbone of our higher education sector but also one of the most exploited and overworked student and staff members on campus. So what I want to do is work with the education officer and um, Warwick anti-casualization to fight for better working conditions for those postgrad um, teachers. In addition, um, for PGR students, I want to <clears throat> reverse the sessional teaching payroll cut, which is impacting um, students, uh, postgrad students' ability to actually teach um, and, actually, and actually make a bit of income on the side as well. Additionally, I want to lobby the university, and this goes down with ensuring that there's complete solidarity for the UCU, um, and lobby the university to ensure that the PGRs um, are, who are employed by um, the university to undertake, uh, undertake teaching are offered a contract of employment, and are seen as staff members, and are actually paid, paid fairly. 
Um, so this is really important because at the moment, um, PGR students um, unfortunately live in a condition of precariety where um, they're not actually treated as staff members, but actually seen as a commodity and seen as students who can just be disposable. So these are a few um, key points I want to I want to bring forward. Um, if you obviously, if the student body elect me as a postgraduate student, support PGR students in particular. Okay, and um, this is kind of linked to your answer, but um, many postgraduates deliver teaching to undergraduates, like you said. Um, how would you, do you want to expand on how you would represent their interests? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I kind of mentioned it. Um, one of the main things is working alongside um, UCU um, and ensuring that um, the proposal of an employment charter is actually ad um, adopted by the university and they actually respect and three um, PGR students who undertake teaching um, and offer them a contract of employment. So actually seen as staff members and are actually paid fairly, um, as opposed to, I guess, what I kind of said, treating them as a commodity and students are, are disposable. But obviously to, uh, the, way, the way that needs to be done is actually work in complete solidarity, solidarity with the UCU. Um, and also um, in, in times when, if I was to be elected and I'm in board meetings, et cetera, um, to actually represent those students who are treated so unfairly and really, really push back um, against the university, against the university constantly treating them as marketized um, commodities that can be thrown away. So yeah, this this is mainly down to the fact that um, I'm, I'm very much committed um, in building a solidarity with, with the UCU. Um, but also uh, another point on that is actually developing workshops so that PGR students can actually know their rights in terms of the education system um, and um, and how the university have employed them, so actually demand more. And I want to build that gap between um, the UCU and PGR students, so that um, I guess that kind of like structure um, and workshop is there to be delivered to um, PGR students, so they have a better idea of what what they need to demand for as well. Okay. Um, great. Um, my last question is, what makes you stand out from other postgraduate officer candidates? Um, honestly, I feel like I'm very bold, um, ambitious with, with my um, priorities. However, um, I'm very much committed um, for a very transformative and liberated education system that puts the forefront um, of postgraduate students, but actually in, in, in reality of all students in our higher education system, um, and this is through resisting, like I said, the, mark, the continued marketization of our education system um, and putting the well-being of students at the forefront, um, especially those who are postgrad students who, again, are seen as an afterthought, unfortunately, especially on our campus. But not only that, um, building a very strong community and network on campus is vitally important because at the end of the day, postgrad students make 40% of the student population at Warwick. So again, if you vote for me, I will ensure that Resisting the marketization, uh, resisting the marketization of education systems are a top priority. Creating a transformative and liberated education system. Um, Postgrad students' well-being at the forefront of everything that I do, and also building a strong community on campus that actually reflect all postgrad students and also all, all undergrad students as well. Okay, great. Uh, thank you so much, Hamza. Uh, good luck, and thank you so much for being here. Cool, brilliant. Thank you so much. Take care. You too. 
Hi, I'm Noah Key to present to here at Raw. As part of Raw's big decision coverage, we're interviewing all the candidates for the different SU sabbatical officer positions. And today we're speaking to one of the candidates, postgraduate officer, Ursula Ashmal. Ursula, thank you very much for joining us today. So, thank you, um, Noah. Oh, thank you for so, inviting me. Oh, you're welcome. So, um, uh, so what are your some of your key manifesto pledges? Uh, sorry. So what are some of your key manifesto pledges? Okay, so my key manifesto pledges, the main purpose, because I'm a behavioral scientist, right? Um, I mean, I'm doing my PhD in behavioral sciences. So I'm going to focus on my um, um, my major goals as a postgraduate officer is to is to uh, ensure mental well-being and uh, mental and physical well-being of um, students, student body, mainly the postgraduate student body at work. So yeah, that's one. And uh, I guess, I mean, that's the most underrated one and the most neglected one. Um, apart from that, um, I'm going to make sure that there are uh, enough um, um, networking uh, events that uh, take place between um, uh, the, uh, net, enough networking uh, opportunities for students, many of the postgraduates, and uh, there's a proper meetup and between uh, the existing students and the alumni so that the ones that are graduating this year, <coughs> excuse me, they could, uh, they, they could not, they, they could be able to, you know, get a hang of how the job market is going to treat them, the job hunting process, and just, just create ease for them mainly. So that's like one of the two major um, pleasures that I'm going to take as a, as a postgraduate officer for, at, the, at, the, at the Warwick Student Union this year. Brilliant. And um, what new Hello? services? Hi, so to hear me. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Um, so, what new services, provisions, or spaces would you sort of aim to introduce to support postgraduates that are studying at Warwick? Uh, new, new what? Can you please repeat? So, what new services, provisions, or spaces would you aim to introduce um, to support postgraduates that are studying at Warwick? I think. Um, um, as I've just said, um, the mental health, mental well-being is is my key um, point this year. I guess um, with the, I would I would work with the the student service student uh, well-being services um, just to you know find out more programs. I mean they do have programs for uh, managing student stress and stuff, but I guess they they need to offer new programs and not just recorded lectures, but maybe some sort of activities for students to participate, participate, you know, physically engage themselves so that the stress just goes down. So um, apart from that, I, I try to, um, as I've just, just said, the alumni office, um, the well-being services, and uh, most probably uh, each of the school. And I, I, I would want to um, take an, uh, to be in, 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 in uh, connection. I would want to get connected to the school representatives, you know, just so that we, um, just to have a basic idea of how postgraduates um, in different uh, schools at Warwick, they, 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 they find their, they've been finding their experience so far. So yeah, it's, it's mainly um, coordinating with different departments um, and uh, the student bodies working over there. Definitely. And obviously the postgraduate community yeah. at Warwick, um, it's got both masters and PhD students who might have different uh, needs depending on their sort of specific level of education and sort of the yeah. studying they're doing. And how would you make sure that you're advocating for the yeah. for both groups' interests as part of your role? Um, 
I'm a PhD myself. So mm, mm, as a PhD myself, I can see that mm, maybe for PhDs, um, um, I guess, um, I mean, I'm I'm trying to make sure that the events are equally engaging for both the parties. Because you know, for master students, I guess they have to complete a lot of work in a very limited time, and that is why they their student uh, experience just gets, I mean, it it just flies away. That for them the time flies away because they they are met up with so many deadlines and and then so many um um. So many, I mean, they have to complete the entire course in one year as well. So they have a different kind of stress. But for PhDs, I'd say, because I'm a first year pay a PhD myself, we do have this um, horror of an upgrade every year. So we have kind of, kind of a different stress. So there's, there's, there still has to be, um, we ha I have to think along with, uh, I mean, student support just to come up with programs that are, you know, that are beneficial for both the parties, both the entities, the the, the master's students, as well as uh, the other postgraduates, the researchers, the research postgraduates. So uh, at this point in time, I just say that um, I have some plans, but um, I would say I still would want students, I would want uh, opinion of other students, like um, the postgraduates, um, PhDs, as well as masters, to, you know, let me know what they want. So want more of a democratic type of a structure rather than me just coming up with ideas. And um, how do you ensure that postgraduate students who come to Warwick from different universities and different countries um, feel really welcome and really supported here at Warwick? Um, oh, so I, my, myself, and I'm an international student. So um, I mean, I mean, and the Warwick itself is doing pretty great as, as far as the. Um, as far as the um, the student union, I'd say that they're doing great. But as far as you know, accommodating students from different universities and different nationalities around the world. So I guess, but there's of course there's always room for improvement in the current programs. So apart from uh, the the global connections thing that we have on teams that is running, I guess um, there 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 are more there there are there's there's a need you know to just to come up with more ideas like uh, the the global connections thing you know i think you know about the student union's global uh, connections thing that that's just running because it's it's it, it just uh, engages different people different students together particularly the postgraduates and just creates a safe space for them so my idea is just to you know go one step further so apart from just you know networking and um, socializing there has to be um, a platform there has to be a new platform for students that could be their safe space where they can share their ideas, they can talk their stress out, they'd find maybe a mentor, a mentor from a um, senior student among the, maybe we can tie up, um, there's this buddy scheme going on um, for, but but I, I'm also part of the buddy scheme, but then um, the, the, the backside, the, the backside of the existing buddy scheme is that they have grouped me with um, uh, an undergrad. So m my idea would be, to create bodies of postgraduates with postgraduates, like new students with the existing students, but existing students who have more experience. Maybe you can group a, one year, a first year PhD with a third year PhD from the same school. Or if you want, uh, if, if that person is struggling, or if that person is looking for advice in, in, in their academics, but if that person is uh, looking for advice in their social, social, social networking or socializing, they're, if they're finding a hard time in that, then we can actually group them up with a senior student from another school. So that's one way to put it.
Now, um, just following up on that, many postgraduates feel quite disengaged from the SU societies and sports clubs generally, um, especially in relation to undergraduate students. Um, so how do yeah. you make the SU more inclusive to postgraduate students? Because for that, I wouldn't be needing help of the school representatives. Yeah, school representatives from each of the school. Because yeah. I think that that's that's uh, that's that's just the only way we can um, you know make student student union m more evident and more m more accessible for these students. Because as I just said, that as postgraduates, we we hardly have time you know to look for events and stuff. So if there's constant reminder uh, from the school as well as a school representative, that's going to make the process easier, the accessibility easier, the, the awareness thing. Brilliant. And uh, many postgraduates, they also do a teaching to undergraduates. So how do you represent um, the particular interest of these postgraduate students? The, oh, yes, that's, that's a good question, by the way. Yeah. So the te the teaching or mentoring part I mean, I know about the mentoring part as well I mean there's there's uh, postgraduate mentors to uh, undergrads well um, in in the in in that front I'd say I make sure that uh, both the roles that they're taking for instance the role as their teacher for undergrad uh, of the postgraduate students versus the role as a mentor or as a buddy for that matter doesn't overlap. So the the idea would be just to make both the roles distinct. So if there is an event that's taking place uh, for networking for, between the undergrads and postgrads, I mean, main, mainly for, I would want postgraduates to, you know, uh, participate more than my, my, my basic idea. My basic purpose would be that postgraduate students, they participate more. They engage with the other postgraduates rather than, you know, postgraduates. Uh, engaging with the undergrads you know do you understand what I mean yeah yeah and, and just finally what makes you stand out from the other postgraduate officer candidates oh <laughs> I'd say um firstly I'm uh, um I'm a postgraduate myself okay so that I mean but that doesn't that's that's a common uh least common factor or um um, but that's that's something that's common between all the postgraduates. Well, what makes me stand among the other postgraduates is that um, I I have uh, I have experience of working as an as a school representative at University of Kent back in 2018 when I was my when I was when I was a master's student. So I have that experience where I, I worked in the in the student union. I made sure that uh, the voice of students at that time of my school, but at that time I was just leading my school. So I was a representative for my school in front of the other, in, in, for, for all the other schools in, in the student union, as well as the academic um, committee. Uh, and we have, we regularly used to have uh, meetings with the vice chancellor and uh, we had many issues like the timetable issues. So that, that kind of got resolved. So I was, I was very actively participating in, you know, raising concerns of students and making sure that they reached the uh, concerned authorities in time. So I was also nominated for being the student of the year that, at that time, just because of my services as the school representative. So, yeah, I guess mm -hmm. I'm going to capitalize on that experience mainly. And secondly, I think um, I'm in... we're, we're almost running out of time now. So I'm, I'm sorry. very sorry. I've got the demos. No, no, no worries at all. Um, oh. but yeah, just say thank you very much for, for joining us today here on Raw. Uh, it's really appreciated. Thank you, Noah. You've been very kind. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you for inviting me. Uh, this is Jay Patel from The Bore, and I'll be interviewing the um, postgrad candidate. So, um, 
right, we'll start with the first question. What is your, what are your key manifesto pledges? All right. Um, thank you for the question. So my key manifesto pledges are um, first of all to create a more connected postgraduate community. Um, what do I mean by that? Uh, when you look at the University of Warwick, you find that that about forty percent of the enrolled students are postgraduates. However, the postgraduate community to an extent seems to, um, disjointed. Um, so um, I'll be creating a connected postgrad community um, and pledging to have a transparent and accessible leadership. Um, what do I mean by transparent and accessible? Um, a leadership that is accountable to people, leadership that hears the voices and hears the, the contributions of students asking them what they want done and how they want it done, right? Um, we're going to also be looking at how to create body schemes for postgrad students. So the 40% of postgraduate students have more international students in the population, and it also has over 60% international students. So what this means is that um, a lot of people travel from far, <coughs> excuse me, and wide, to University of Warwick, some of them not knowing how to place their foot in. And so there's a body scheme where we'll link PhD students who have presumably have stayed longer at the university and know a bit more about the university to be able to body up um, MSc students. And lastly, um, the pledge that I am giving to the students is that I'm going to see that there is appropriate compensation for um, postgrads that are already working at the uni. And um, <clears throat> you have more jobs um, published on my advantage that targets postgrad students, basically. Your mic is off. Your mic is silent. What makes you stand out from other postgraduate officer candidates? All right. So for me, I've had um, a couple of years of experience in leadership positions, especially um, representing students. Um, back in my undergrad, I served as the vice president of um, University of Benin, where I was able to help a couple of students through, through university, um, I had to lobby companies to be able to pay their tuition. And this was something I did. So basically, I'm a resourceful leader, someone that thinks outside the box. Um, I actually am able to identify challenges or problems that students can face and then profess solution. Next is that I really have uh, the ability to get things done. So you plan and then you get to achieve those plans. So this uh, makes me stand, and I think that's what um, a candidate for this position should actually have. Um, so many postgraduates feel disengaged from the SU societies and sports clubs, especially in relation to undergraduate students. So how would you make the SU more inclusive to postgraduates? All right, um, firstly, um, one of the ways you can make an inclusive environment is to create an enabling environment. So um, one of the things that I will be doing when I get into office is creating some days out for postgraduates to 
network together. Um, I realized that during the welcome week, um, the welcome week is usually integrated between undergrads and postgrads. So um, we'll be targeting postgrads specifically. So we have dedicated days where postgrads can have their own welcome week. So say um, the, the welcome week lasts for about a week. Um, would segregate or we're going to have two days or one day at least dedicated for, for just postgrads so that they are able to learn how they can get integrated, how they can get involved in the SU team societies, basically. Um, so what new services, provisions or spaces would you aim to introduce to support postgraduates studying at Warwick? Sorry, could you repeat that question, please? What new services, provisions or spaces would you aim to introduce to support postgraduates studying at Warwick? All right. Uh, currently, we have um, the postgrad hub, if I really get your question right. Right. Um, I'm thinking of or we are planning to actually get some social clubs online. So you have dedicated postgraduates um, pages where postgrads can reach the postgrad officer. Um, and you can also, it serves as a space where different postgrads meet together to discuss um, knowledge, to discuss the things that really concerns them or things that they are bothered about. Hi, Jay, I can't see you. Are you there? Yeah. Um, so how would you ensure postgraduate students who come to Warwick from different universities or countries feel welcome and supported? Oh, all right. Um, first of all, we'll create yeah, societies, various societies that um, have various people from different countries. You have the Indian society, the Nigerian society. And one of the things um, I'll be doing is to let the postgraduates know, inform them about the availability of these societies and see how they can um, be a part of it. Um, create discount memberships for those that are paid. Um, so postgrads will be able to access discounts to, able to, to be able to join these societies, basically. And um, I think it, it's going to make them feel welcome because they would be amidst their, 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 their kin or countrymen, basically, in another country. Um, the postgraduate com community at Warwick composed, comprises of both masters and PhD students, so who may have different needs dependent on the level they're studying. So what, how would you ensure you are advocating for both of their interests? Uh, first off is getting to know what they really want. What the, what, what's, what's the gap that the postgrad are currently facing and what's the gap that the MSc students are currently facing, right? Um, could you repeat that question again? So I'm sure I'm answering it specifically. So the postgraduate community at Warwick comprises of both masters and PhD students who, they, who may have different needs depending on the level they're studying at. And so how would you ensure you're advocating for both of those groups' interests? All right. Yeah, their needs are different, quite all right. Um, however, um, being a postgrad, 
there is something that connects everyone. There is a set that connects everyone. And it's the fact that it's usually um, sometimes an isolated journey. So I've been able to reach out to both PhD and master's students during the course of um, my my vying. And I've had some of the, the issues. And one issue that has persisted is the fact that it's an isolating journey. So um, that's how I'm going to be including them in my um position um, i'm going to actually have a body scheme like i said initially so that phd students are able to interact with msc students and so it's not there's no segregation of some sort they are able to be able to understand their needs and share experiences share um, knowledge most importantly and share networks thank you and many postgraduates also deliver teaching to undergrads how would you represent these postgraduates' particular interests? Basically, my manifesto actually covers this. So um, I'm covering their interests in the sense that I'm going to lobby through the right authorities to see that these postgrads are appropriately rewarded or are appropriately compensated for their services um, and their time in the university. Okay, well, that concludes all of our questions. So thank you for your time. All right, thank you so much. It was lovely having a conversation with you. Yeah, same here. Thank you. Bye. The Big Decision, decision 2022. 2022. Live on Raw, Raw. 12.51am. So those were your postgraduate officer candidates. As ever, you can vote for them using the link below warwickse.com slash student-voice slash elections where of course you can not just vote for them you can look at their manifestos and do the same for both the full-time and the part-time officer candidates as well well ellie and eden let's come back to you now we're moving on now to our welfare and campaigns officer candidates as ever all of these candidates were offered an interview by us um Sueda and tommy got back to us so we'll be interviewing them today of course shafin khan as well is standing but um, didn't reply to our response for an interview. Um, Ellie, let's come to you now, of course. Welfare and Campaigns Officer, one of the most important roles on campus. And one certainly, I guess, before COVID and indeed after COVID as well, a role that really does have quite a wide brief and one that really does affect a lot of students. So, Ellie, what exactly does this role entail? Yeah, so the Welfare and Campaigns Officer leads on policy and campaigns to improve student welfare at Warwick. So they cover issues like mental health, sexual health and accommodation. And this year, they've also been dealing with the buses, which has been quite uh, a hot topic in, in the last few months. Um, so they work with the SU on the university's welfare services to ensure equal opportunities for all students. And they also run and assist student campaigns. Indeed, it really is a role um, where you can really see um, that has almost limitless potential. Almost there really is a lot the welfare campaigns officer can pick up a lot that they can start. And of course, to represent all students as well across campus a really important well so let's get on with these interviews now here is firstly Swader's interview hello and welcome back to raw 12:51 a.m's coverage of warwick votes 2022 i'm here with one of the candidates for the welfare and campaigns officer for uh, 20 or for the next academic year uh Swader, okay how are you doing Swader? I'm doing all right. Um, it's a good day. It's a good day. Yeah, and we'll dive straight into it. So first off, 
What are your key priorities if you were to be elected as the welfare and campaigns officer? Um, my key priorities is definitely making sure that welfare is something that is really central to campus again. I feel like um, it can often feel like the welfare officer in particular um, is a position that can almost be a bit hidden. And I think that making myself quite an approachable person so people can talk about their welfare issues again is really important to me. I want people to be aware that I exist and be aware that uh, we're going to have resources that can help people and make sure that any of their university life can be really well enjoyed and really well supported by the SU and by myself. And as well as that, I'd really like to push for uh, individualizing support for all people on campus, regardless of their demographic or background. So um, something I'd really like to do is make sure that uh, people can transition into university and find their position um, in groups by working with societies and stuff like that. Um, and I'd really like to push for people to be educated about different cultures and demographics because I feel like we have such a wonderful diversity here at Warwick. Um, so making sure that we can educate and do that sort of thing would be really nice as well. Okay, and I guess as part of that, how would you seek to improve mental health and well-being provision on campus? Uh, I would like to improve it by making it more accessible because I feel like there is a lot of provisions that a lot of people don't know about unless you're hunting them out. Um, so something I'd really, really like to do, and this is one of my big pushes, is making people aware of welfare again and using stuff like social media to push infographics and information about welfare and mental health into places that people will actually check and will actually look for. Um, I'd like to revitalize the newsletter that goes out from the SU once a week and make sure that my own tips and welfare tips that are actually doable and grounded um, can be accessed by everybody as well because um, people can often find it overwhelming to access welfare and I feel like making sure that it's sort of there in bite-sized chunks would be really, really good. Um, okay. And in addition to that, um, I'd like to host my own office hours and stuff where people can come and see and talk about their welfare and just get involved and know me and know the context that I have in terms of helping stuff with that. Okay, great. Yeah. So what more will you do to tackle increased spiking on campus? Obviously, that's been a big issue this year. Yeah, absolutely. You're so right. Um, one of my um, points would be making nights out safer on and off campus because I feel like it is a real issue, especially for everybody who wants to have a good time when they go out, right? Like we all want to go and we want to have a bit of a drink and a bit of a laugh or even, even if you're not, you want to be able to enjoy it and not have to worry about everything. So something I'd really want to do is create um, a space where people feel, one, um, safe to report anything that does happen because I feel like a lot of people will experience these things and then feel like they can't say anything. Um, so I'd like to be able to build a space within the SU um, with the people, uh, myself and a team that people would feel comfortable coming to and talking to about. But almost as a uh, preventative measure, I'd like to create these night out safety packs um, that would have um, sexual health items and a small business card of numbers that people could contact if they ended up unsafe on a night out because I feel like it's one thing to create a safer night out on campus and that's something that's very accessible to us and we can do but people also from Warwick go out into Canley and Coventry and Leamington 
and I don't want people to feel like our help stops there. Um, so these sort of packs and creating spaces where people can come to and report and talk about their issues so that we can then take steps on the go and make sure people feel supported would be really important. Um, and further to that, for on campus, I'd like to like uh, make sure that welfare stand for campus nights out are, is very effective and we'll be able to support people in making sure they feel safe getting home and stuff like that. Okay, and obviously an issue that also affects on and off campus. What are the biggest issues regarding accommodation and how would you solve these? Um, I think a lot of issues regarding accommodation at the moment are a lot of people never know uh, whether or not a lot of people never know whether they're getting into the right kind of house share and stuff like that. I think in a post-COVID climate, especially, a lot of people have struggled to find housemates that they feel very comfortable living with. So something that I'd really enjoy to do is setting up um, sort of social mixers and stuff within the SU so people can find friends, um, uh, even if they've been really struggling because of online learning and because of not being able to be on campus, if that's what they've been unable to do because of a COVID time. I feel like finding a place to live is hard enough if especially when you don't have people that you know that you'll be comfortable living with so I think a massive thing that I'll be pushing for is making sure that there are a lot of socializers that people can find friends and find people that they might have otherwise struggled to at the moment because then it makes it far less scary to um, find a place that people will feel comfortable with when they end up moving off campus and as well as that obviously I'll make sure that I'm using those social medias to not only just push welfare tips but to start pushing um, whenever there's going to be talks because I know we run lots of talks on how to find appropriate housing. Um, so it all feeds back into that idea of making sure that people are aware of things that we can do to help their welfare. Okay. And how will you build upon current work to improve transport um, around and on and off campus? Uh, I would like to improve uh, the work that's been done on transport by making sure that we stay in constant contact with um, both uh, National Express and Stagecoach, because again, opening those lines of communication is always incredibly important and making sure that we constantly have some kind of, perhaps um, a feedback form regarding um, bus transport and stuff so that we can actually remain in contact with students. Being in contact with students and what they're struggling with is always going to be at the top of my list here because if we don't have that open line of communication we won't know how to keep um, transport and accommodation and welfare needs constantly monitored and helped. A lot of this sort of thing will have to be um, understood on the go because the transport system is something that's constantly a pressure that's changing year on year in terms of where students are living and where um, students are populating. So definitely making sure that we're in contact with all the students is the first thing there. Okay, and sort of as an overarching part of the role, what campaigns would you seek to run over the, ne over the next year? A lot of um, the campaigns that I'd be looking to run is, of course, making nights out safer on and off campus, like we've spoke about. But another big one is making sure that we're pushing for one that I'd be really passionate about doing is making sure that we can have training in the SU where we're pushing for more diversity training. Because I feel like a lot of people at this university who come from these wide variety of wonderfully demographic, wonderfully diverse demographic backgrounds um, struggle to be able to access help and welfare from people that actually understand their situation. 
And something that I would be very passionate about doing is um, pushing and lobbying for a focus on this kind of diversity training within the SU so that people can go to people who will not judge them and not necessarily even judging them, but just understanding where they're coming from. Because I know that people can really like um, people from either ethnic minority backgrounds or um, LGBTQ plus backgrounds, people can feel like they're not understood, even if um, people have the best of intentions in wanting to help them. So I feel like pushing for those kind of diversity trainings, that's going to be one of my big campaigns coming up if I manage to get the role. Okay. And finally, what makes you stand out from other welfare officer candidates? Uh, I would like to say that I really am putting the f- across the fact that I care about the students first. I don't, I'm not one of these people that will try and look at the politics of the role. I'm looking at my entire manifesto is students first, students first, students first. And I want to create spaces where students feel comfortable talking to me. I want to be someone that people will like to come to and talk to just casually as well. Like if we're creating a space where people can feel comfortable with talking about their welfare, then I want to be that face that makes people feel comfortable. And I suppose that is what I would say would put me apart because I would like to hope that people find me approachable and would want to come and chat to me and see me not only as an SU officer, but as somebody that they can have as a friend on their side, um, especially in this crazy time that's university. Yep. So great. That's all of our questions. Make sure to check out all of the other welfare officer candidates, all of the other, like all of the other candidate interviews that we're doing here at Raw 1251 AM and make sure to vote for your student officers for next year's SU. Uh, hello and welcome to this interview. Um, I am interviewing one of the uh, candidates for student welfare and campaign campaigns, um, Tommy Amole. Um, so, Tommy, could I ask you, what are your key priorities for this role? Um, so, I have four key priorities. Um, the first of which is to tackle sexual violence on campus, which, as everyone knows, is a massive problem. And really, like, we remain stuck in the um, same kind of predicament, um, even in the wake of the group shot scandal. Campus is still a terrible place for women. Um, then my second priority is to improve the mental health services at Warwick, especially with a focus on increasing the funding um, that is available, um, that's allocated to uh, mental health. Um, my third campaign priority is to fight against extortionate rent that's faced by students as well as other living costs. Um, so in supporting um, the rent strike, um, supporting those who are still on rent strike and supporting the efforts of students to organise themselves, go forward, and also fight for rent fees, etc. Um, my final campaign priority is to support anti-racism work that's been done at the university uh, and other uh, attempts to liberate the university and various forms of hierarchy and oppression that students face really. That sounds great. Um... You've, you've touched on a couple of the questions I'm going to ask you. So you mentioned um, mental health. So how could you expand on how you'll seek to improve mental health and wellbeing provision on campus? Yeah, I think um, so ultimately um, it's, it's clear that there's a lot to do. Um, 
I think the first thing that I'd sort of be pushing for is a real record with the fact that the uni actually does have a large surplus, um, but that that is being focused on things like infrastructure and capital investment rather than students. So I think really I'd be lobbying the university to invest more money um, in um, mental health services, but not just in an action sense, specifically in pushing for contribution care um, at the university. Um, as well as diversifying the kinds of therapy that's offered through wellbeing services. Um, I also have um, a plan to work with departments to create a new mental health liaison rep, um, which would be effectively like a liaison between students and staff within departments and courses um, so that basically students can get like accommodation for the specific requirements and, and struggles that they face because of their course. Because obviously it's true that, you know, we experience very different workloads across our courses, across our uh, different um, roles. So I think really I'd be, with, with my campaigning background, I'd be working on really pressuring the uni, I guess shaming the uni um, about its lack of mental health provision and the fact that students are struggling and work with students um, to really... Um, the pressure of the uni to um, spend more, and yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't back down. And it's not something I'm willing to compromise on. And I would very much fight um, with all I have to do that because it's very important. Okay, that sounds great. Um, what more would you do to tackle increased spiking on campus? So I have a plan to run an anti comprehensive anti spiking campaign um, through the FTU through all its physical venues. Um, and on social media, um, I, th- I guess especially with a focus on um, Freshers' Week um, and a comprehensive education program around that. Um, I guess both relating to um, um, you know um, in, in supporting students um, and giving them information about what to do um, if they do spike, and also in general. Um, there's an extent to which you can actually refer people who are intent to do this stuff, but um, on this sort of no-tolerance policy of uh, against biking. And then I would also um, start to introduce um, measures and resources within the FTU um, to deal with um, spiking. Um, and so um, that might look like at POP, for example, having special tasks to deal with people at this hard off for people to spike. Um, and also making sure that we have a welfare stand outside the work you values and, and, and a constant sort of contact for students who are, um, yeah, have experienced fighting. Um, what are the biggest issues regarding accommodation? How would you solve these? Um, the biggest issue, one, the rent, the cost of the rent, which is just extortionate. Um, it keeps going up, even though the conditions in accommodations are very much the same. Um, so, the, I guess, firstly, on fighting against, um, I'd be fighting for a, a freeze on rent um, so that it doesn't continue to increase. Um, and then, um, I think as well, um, the poor conditions that are present in a lot of accommodations um, and I guess working myself also working with students to campaign against some of those issues 
um, which we see, you know, very poor conditions and like roofs and white fields. In travel, we the, the cladding, which is on travel, and it's the same cladding as using Grenfell Tower. That's still not been something which has been dealt with until today. Um, and so I say, yeah, mainly I say the extortion cost of rent and its constant increases, um, coupled with the poor conditions of accommodation uh, within Wyatt. Thank you. Um, how will you build upon current work to improve transport on and around campus? Um, I think the minibus is quite useful. Um, do you mean on, specifically on campus? And around, so like the issues with buses getting yeah. from Leamington and Coventry. Yeah. Sort of so on campus, yeah, I'd want to support the minibus service potentially look at it um, running to other places um, on campus, on and around campus. Um, I think I would work on a campaign to um, push for greater university involvement and relationship with the bus companies so that we can ensure that actually optimal services are provided for students. Um, because obviously there are many issues at place with you know, high prices, poor reliability of buses. So pushing for the university to actually take a stand and talk to bus companies, um, especially one of the important things I think is expanding the services um, and getting to one later in the night, um, I think is, is important. So yeah, I'd pressure that you need to work with um, bus companies. I guess there's a question about whether or not, how much they can do that, but that's something I'd be um, fighting for um, and in general as well just making sure that there is um, students with accessibility requirements are actually provided for in terms of travel around campus um, as well as um, bus companies because I think this is something that people uh, don't focus on enough. Um, quickly could you mention what campaigns would you seek to run over the next year? Um, I mean, there's, I have a lot of ideas. Um, I guess if I had to pick a few, um, it would be continue to support the anti-racist work that students are doing, um, particularly around um, the black students' demands which were made in the wake of Black Lives Matter, um, which were basically ignored by the uni. Um, so I was involved in setting that group up and so I continued to work with that group. Um, continue to work with the efforts of activists to on arms trade companies. Um, I'd also, um, yeah, as I said, um, also support efforts to fight against extortionate rent um, and in general run a sort of campaign on failures of um, the university to take into account students' well-being, so whether that's sexual violence, biking, um, or um, in general, just lack of mental health support. So I think they would be kind of a one-to-one probably three or four campaigns, yeah. yeah. And finally, um, what sets you apart from the other candidates for this role? I think what sets me apart ultimately is my experience as a committed campaigner at the University of Warwick, um, who actually strives to enact the kind of changes that I would continue to push for within the role, with my role in the venture movement, with my role within um, anti-racism society. Um, and I mean, I think it's, it's great to see that I have the well-being of students 
as really one of my core fundamental things that I care about. And so within this role, um, I would really just be able to um, continue the work that has kind of already been done um, and just fight for the welfare of you as I've, yeah, as I've, as I've been doing already. Thank you so much for your time. Um, and I hope that it, your campaign goes well. So thank you very much. The Big Decision, the big decision 2022. 2022 live on Raw, Raw. Top 51 AM. So those there, two of your welfare and campaigns officer candidates um, this year. Of course, you can read their manifestos and vote for them on the website, workstu.com slash student dash voice slash elections. Well, Ellie and Eden are still with me now. Let's bring this show to a close today. Um, we've heard from our postgraduate and our welfare and campaigns officers. So as um, everyone around campus is now thinking and making their choices on how to vote in this year's elections, um, kind of any last minute point is any of the really biggest issues that have been brought up from these interviews that really will be at the forefront of students' minds when they're casting their vote. Eden, let's come to you first with postgrad. Mm-hmm. Well, postgrads, despite being a huge proportion of the students on campus, are disproportionately underrepresented in SU policy and SU campaigns. So I feel like postgraduate students will definitely looking, be looking for a candidate who is willing to sort of rise above SU politics, perhaps, and sort of take their interests to the top. Okay, and Ellie, anything else to add on welfare and campaigns? Yeah, I'd say there's two main issues with welfare and campaigns that students are concerned about. So the first one is the buses. I know I've been seeing a lot of stuff on social media about student concerns with the buses. Uh, And the second one is mental health, I think notably accessibility to mental health provisions on campus. Uh, So I think they're going to be two of the key issues for welfare. Well, indeed, plenty more still to come. Um, from Rural and the Bulls SU election coverage this week. Ellie, Eden, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, As ever, we will be back tomorrow. We are sitting down with your presidential candidates tomorrow. It really is the big one tomorrow. We'll be having more analysis, of course, more interviews as well. We'll be sitting down talking to your potential next president of the Students' Union and, of course, the candidates that you may end up circling with tomorrow evening. Um, As well as that, we've got sports and societies on Thursdays, plus, of course, the results night on Friday evening, 8pm, Friday the 25th of February, across Raw's online platforms, YouTube, and on the big screen as well. This really is the big decision for the spring elections in 2022. Well, Ellie Eden, thanks again, and thanks very much for tuning in. Across campus, online, and on 12.51am, this, this, this is your student radio station.